When there is a gap between expectation and reality, that gap often gets filled with frustration. I mean, you, you think about that even right now. The expectations, uh, especially in the unknown right now of this COVID virus situation and uh, the hopes and the dreams and the wants of everybody are in all kinds of different places right now. And so therefore you can imagine the amount of frustration uh, that people are experiencing right now just because they, they expect to be able to do things maybe they can't do or they expect that this is going to end uh, and then it doesn't or they expect you know, that they maybe can, can go to work or not go, and, and it just, it's frustrating at times. And when you think about that, I honestly believe that as we celebrate Palm Sunday today, and we think about Jesus' triumphal entry into Israel, and the way that the people were rejoicing in incredible expectation, that it truly is an example of how quickly the gap between expectation and reality can turn into frustration. Because on Palm Sunday, we see or we understand the crowds rejoicing Jesus is coming into Israel, and their expectation is that the king has arrived and things are about to change. But that is not the reality of what happened, at least in the way that they wanted it to happen. You see, the crowd was rejoicing and they were celebrating, but let me ask you this question, what are they actually celebrating? Are they truly celebrating Jesus? Or when you look back on it and you understand the story now, are they celebrating their idea and expectation of Jesus? You see, there's a difference. And when you see how quickly their hearts turn during the week, because Jesus did not meet their expectation, it gives you a picture into their heart that this Jesus that they so quickly celebrated when he didn't do what they wanted him to do, when he didn't meet their expectations, how quickly they turn. Can I ask you a question as we just start this message this morning? Which Jesus do you follow? Do you follow the Jesus that's found and revealed in Scripture? Or do you follow the Jesus of your own ideas and expectations? You see, because the thing that I know 100% is that Jesus Christ has never let us down. He is true to his word. He is true to scriptures. And the times where I may feel disconnected or distant from him or even, dare I say, disappointed in him is not because Jesus did something that was out of his character. It's because I had incorrect expectations of who Jesus truly is. I think you see that spelled out so dramatically in this holy week. You see, the problem is for us is, and we run into this at times, is that we, we try to sometimes fit Jesus into our life. But Jesus came to be Lord, not partner with us. He came to offer our life a reset to his agenda, not fit into our agenda. And I think that's a great example of what happened 
on Holy Week. As we looked at this, and, and Jesus comes in, and everybody's expecting him to do these things and move in a certain way, and then when he doesn't, how quickly they can turn. Where is your heart today? Are we trusting him and following him, Jesus as Lord, letting him lead the way, or are we constantly frustrated and, and disappointed and dealing with this expectation that is never met? And I would encourage you to truly look at who Jesus is in Scripture. Because this week, we get to celebrate the greatest event that has happened in all of mankind, and that's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He gave himself as a sacrifice for the sins that we have committed so that we could have a restored relationship with God. That relationship was lost because of our sinfulness, and now we have the opportunity because of Jesus Christ's great sacrifice to live in a restored relationship with God. That's what we celebrate this week. And when you understand that sometimes we get that backwards and we try to fit Jesus into our life instead of fitting our life into his will, it sometimes throws us off. And so if you truly want to follow Jesus and you begin to understand it in this new way, you might have this question, okay, where do I fit in? Where do I actually fit into this? If, if God's at work in this world and God is leading us to do incredible and new things and God is always right and God is always good and he invites me to be a part of what he's doing, then how do I get in on that? Where is it that I fit in? And how does my life change when I begin to, to choose him? You see, I think that fits right in with what we're, we're closing up this series that we've been calling Connect the Dots and we've been talking about just the the importance of having right relationships. Of course, first of all, that you have a right relationship with God, that you have connected with him, that he is Lord of your life. But then the great gift that God gives each one of us is each one of us, is that God desires that we connect with one another. Not that we just live this life independent from everybody and apart and separated, but God wants us to connect. And so finding that place that we fit in is so important. And as we close up this series, we've talked about we've talked about what it means to seek unity. You know, one of the first things that you do when you when you're learning to live for Christ is that you, you're going to seek unity. You're, you're going to try to find a place where you fit in and you can be unified with people. You can be connected with them in that way. You can put the greater good in front of your own needs and wants and desires, and you can come together in that. We talked about that it's not uniformity. It's not that everybody does the same thing and acts the same way and says the same stuff. God's given us all unique giftedness to be able to come together and use all of our giftedness in unity to further his kingdom. We talked about live humbly and what it means to live humbly humbly, meaning that we have a proper perspective, a right perspective on who God says that I am, is that God has loved us so much that he sent Christ for us. God knows that we have been broken by our sinfulness, and yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, and we were uniquely and wonderfully knit together in our mother's womb and created by God, and we were created for good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. Scripture says over and over that we are to live humbly, accepting that God has created us and loves us, and he desires the best life for us, and being 
Humble means accepting that God has created me in a way that I'm supposed to live to honor him and to bless others. And so that leads us to what we're talking about today is that we need to care for others. We need to care for others. And it sounds so simple at this time, but it really is the truth of what we need to be about in our life is caring for others. We've been using Philippians chapter 2, the first four verses, as our scripture during this series. I want to read it again for us this morning and focusing on the last verse. It says, If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, then make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, United in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. And then this last verse, he says, Everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. You see, living for things beyond ourselves is one of the greatest examples of life change. It's exactly the example that Jesus gives that is illustrated so well in the story of Easter. Is that while Jesus had everything, while he was king of kings and lord of lords, he gave all that up to come and humble himself, to become a man, to walk on this earth, to live a perfect and sinless life, and then sacrifice that so that we could have atonement for our sins. And so then we can then choose to follow him and find life in doing so. He gave up everything so that we could have life. And it's, it's what he desires that we all do in a right relationship with him. He did that for everyone. And even the ones that didn't see it or understand it, he still did that for them. Now let's talk about an obvious truth for us. Obviously, even as a follower of Jesus Christ, we do not have the capacity or the ability to care for or to meet every need that we wish we could. I mean, let's just be honest about it. it we, we can't possibly do all the things that we wish we could do for people because we're not Jesus. Jesus did that for all, and yet we're limited because we're not Jesus. And so how, do then, how then do we follow that example if Jesus did this for everyone, but I can't do this for everything? Well, then what, what am I supposed to do? So let me just say it this way. Someone, some individual, someone cannot care for everyone, but everyone can care for someone. And just think about it in that way. As one person, I can't take care of everyone, but every one of us can take care of someone. And some of us have the ability to take care of several someones. That's the way that God wants us to live our life, understanding that we need to be focused on caring for others. Not only caring for ourselves, but looking out for their concerns as well. What a great time and what a great opportunity that we have in a crisis, in a situation like this, to live this out to the fullest. Yes, we may be limited on places we can go. We may be limited on personal interaction that we can have, but we are not limited in the ability to love one another. We are not limited in the ability to pick up a phone or to get on a Zoom meeting or a chat or to send a note or to send a letter and to demonstrate love and concern for others. 
We're not limited on being able to pick up some groceries for someone that may need it or to, to share out of concern for others or to give maybe out of our abundance so that others can make it through a difficult time like this. Our opportunities in a time like this are unlimited. They're not limited by the situation. And so one person can't take care of everyone, but everyone can take care of someone. And that's the way that we find life is living it out in that type of love. In John chapter 13, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he gives them a very direct command. He says, I give you a new command. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are to love one another. And this is what he says about it. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you want to demonstrate that you are a follower of Jesus Christ, then the way that everyone is going to see that is by the way that you love others. Jesus put it very plainly for them. And, and I'll just say it this, it's, it's something that resounds in me every time I see something in God's word that I think may be difficult for me to take in or it may be an adjustment for my life or I may have to be intentional about doing things a different way. Here's what I always come back to, is that if God is leading me to do it, then he's leading me to find life. He's leading me to experience life in all of its fullness that he desires for me. And what he has in mind for me is greater than what I can come up with for myself. And so in this instance, what I would say is, is very clear, is that life, true life, is going to be found in learning to love others. I'm going to say that again. Life, to its fullest is found in learning to love others. And so at a time like this, I'm telling you, the true Christ followers aren't going, what do I do, what do I do? They're going, hey, I will find a way to love on people during this time. And it just flows out of them because God's not gonna be stopped by any of these situations. He is still in control, he's still on the throne. It doesn't matter if there's a crowd full of people here on Palm Sunday or not, he's still Lord and he's still at work and his word and his will will not be stopped. And so as a follower of Jesus Christ, you can have hope in that. You can have encouragement in that, that God is going to see these things through. And right now, I'll just say it, right now, one of the best ways that we can actually care for ourselves and care for others is being socially distant. It's, it's why we're doing this as a church. It's why churches all over are doing this. Because it's what's best for the whole, even though as individuals, we may rather have it different for ourselves. We may rather want to do some things different or, or find a way that we can, you know, cut the corners or get around this. But when you look at the, what's the best way that I can love on my community and demonstrate my love for others, it's to be able to do these things to keep people safe. That's why we're doing this right now. And though I come back to this idea, though we can't do everything that we would like to do to be a blessing to other people or to care for other people, it's, it's do what you can do. And then, I get to say it today. I get to say one of my favorite sayings of all times. Fair is a place in Texas that you eat fried foods and ride rides because fair is not a biblical value. And so when it comes to our idea of, well, you know, if I do this for one person, then everybody else is going to expect this. Or if I, if I try to love on this person and then this person is going to get mad at me, that's this, that's this, that's just not true. That's, some, that's an excuse to keep us from, from loving other people. We don't have to be fair with our love. We have to be generous with our love. And though you can't do that for everyone, you can do that for someone. 
So live that way. Do what you can to be a blessing for other people. Find that way to connect. You don't have to be fair. Be generous. And let me give you a thought about this just in, in, two, in two parts, this thought. First, I'll say the first part of it. The best way to take care of my own business. So I'm, that's the first part. The best way that I can take care of my own business. Because that's what Paul writes. Everyone should look out not only for his own interest. So I just feel like I need to stop here for just a second and say, when he's writing and teaching us to care for others, it means that we don't care for others at the total expense of ourselves. We have to best take care of ourselves so that we can best take care of others. But I, th I think, and this is a Lindell think, I think the reason that Scripture doesn't focus a lot on that is because we do good on that on our own. Uh, left to ourselves, we like to focus on ourselves. And so it encourages us to say, hey, just like you naturally take care of yourselves, it should become natural for you to take care of other people. So everyone should look out not only for his own interest. What does that mean? Well, that underlying message that we, we take care of ourselves in what ways? Well, think about all the ways that you try to take care of yourself. Do you take care of yourself spiritually? Sure, you, you try to. Do you take care of yourself physically? Do you, you try to at least take care of the body that God's given you? Yeah. What about mentally? Do you, you try to just keep your mind in the right place and the right attitude at times? Yeah, we do that. Financially, do we try to take care of ourselves? Well, yeah, we, we do the best we can. Times like this may make it more difficult, and, and, but, but we need to learn that, you know, how I can take care of myself financially. Relationally, do we try to do that? Do we try to keep healthy relationships? And you can go on and on. We all try to, to, to make good choices where we take care of ourselves, but how we do that is instead of being a self-centered idea, we have a faith-centered idea of how we take care of ourselves. And we say that, God, everything that I have in this life and everything I need in this life comes from you, and I want to be a good steward of that. I want to take care of that well in my own life so that I can be a blessing for others as well. So the first thing I said is the best way to take care of my own business, and here's the second part, is to make it my business to care for others. So I'll put the whole thing together for you. The best way to take care of my own business is to make it my business to care for others. And that's why he says everyone should look out for his own interest, not only for his own interest, but also for the interests of others. Also for the interest of others. You, you see the shift that this takes is it says, I'm not doing all these things just so that I can have and so that I can be, but I take care and I do all these things so that I can live as a blessing for other people, so that I can learn to take care of the interest of others. Some people right now are living life to the fullest because a situation like this has done nothing but accelerate their opportunity to demonstrate love for one another. Think about that. Situations like this give us incredible opportunities to demonstrate love in new and innovative ways to people. And some people have prepared themselves for that, and they live that way. And, and, and we can help be a blessing to others spiritually. You know, who are you praying for? Who are you connecting with? What, what are you doing to help others spiritually during this time? Physically, are there needs that you can meet? that maybe a situation like this has made it difficult for others, can you do that for them? Mentally, and we, we all need that connect. 
the truth is, yes, we can all agree to stay socially distanced and separated, but God created us to be connected to one another. And so though we may not be able to be in the physical presence of one another, we all need those connections and conversations in our life. Are we making it a point to be there for someone else during this time? Financially, are we doing that? Are we continuing to be generous and care for the needs of others during the time like this? That's something that's very important. And relationally as well, keeping those relationships strong and active during a time like this. You know, that's why I say it often. And, and you know, people ask me often, you know, okay, what's the, what's the point of, of getting in a group at church? Well, let me just first of all say get in a group and you'll know. So you need to be able to get in a group and get connected in a group. Why? Because when you get connected in a group, then it gives you an opportunity to learn to live life with one another. Some of the greatest blessings that I've received are from being involved in small groups. Some of the strongest connections that I have in life as God has moved me in different places in my life and some of the people that I still stay in touch with are the ones that I met in my small group and we actually did life together. Not just attended church together, but we, we dug a little bit deeper and we prayed for one another, we studied God's word together, we encouraged one another, we supported one another, we helped one another. And that's what getting in a group is all about. You know, we have sometimes a cultural idea of what it means to be a follower of Christ is, well, as long as I just believe all the right things and, and I attend church and do some good things, I'm good. But no, actually the biblical model says we're supposed to be together and we're supposed to share our giftedness with one another, we're supposed to do life with one another. And we learn to see the fullness of life when we get connected in a group. The writer of Hebrews actually put it this way, and let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other all the more as you see the day approaching. And so that's why this is so important. We're supposed to come together to encourage one another, to encourage us to love, to encourage us to good works, to help one another out. And as we go through the different seasons of life and wherever life may lead us or direct us at the time, we need to understand that sometimes we'll run into seasons where we need more than we're able to give. And sometimes we're in seasons of life where we give more than we're able, uh, than we have to receive. And that's okay. That's how life kind of goes at times. But that's why we need one another. That's why you're never intended to do this alone. That's why the dots need to be connected in your life of being able to come together and find a place where, where you have people that you're doing life together with and that you're seeking to follow God's plan and God's word. Because when you live your life to connect and care for other people, life becomes more full. And when you think about it that way, it would be why wouldn't then I want to get in a group. Why wouldn't I want to connect with more people? Because honestly, the more people that I can be around and have an opportunity to love, then the more full my life can be. And just the truth is, there are people who are going to see this situation that we're in with the COVID virus and the things that are happening as a perfect reason not to connect. And yet there's other people who are going to view this COVID virus situation as the perfect opportunity to connect. It's all about your perspective. It's all about where your heart is. 
And, and when you truly understand that what God wants for us and what God has for us is this fullness of life that comes in knowing and trusting and following him. And then as we do that, we begin to understand that one of the ways he wants us to live that out is to connect and love on other people, loving our neighbor as ourselves. Then that's when we begin to realize this fullness of life happens as I begin to not just live for self, but as I begin to share my love and my faith and myself with others. You are uniquely and wonderfully made. And you have the opportunity to be a blessing in someone else's life in a way that only you can. And that's why you should never miss an opportunity to speak an encouraging word, to be there for someone when they need you, to support someone in a physical need or a financial need when you absolutely can. God says the more that you do that, the more that you find life. You see, it's one of these situations where maybe our expectation and our idea of what it means to be a Christian means that when I begin to follow God, then you know, I begin to, to feel better and I know that one day when this life is over, I'm going to, I'm going to be in heaven with him and that God's forgiven me of my sins and that, and that I can live life in freedom and following him and all that is true, but it falls short of the example of what Christ gave us. The expectation when he came in to Jerusalem was that everything was about to change. The government was about to be turned over and Israel was about to be in charge again and life was going to be good. But life was going to be good in the way that they imagined it. And Jesus said, not only is your life going to be good, it's going to be incredible, but it's not going to be anything like you've imagined it to be. And so have you truly given your life to Christ to follow him and found the life that he offers? It's, it's not a life that's in an abundance of stuff. It's not a, a life that's in, in having things or having positions or being in certain ways. It's a life that has learned to get everything that it needs from Christ so that I can give it all away in loving others. That's where you will truly find life. And there's nothing in the world, not even a situation like this, that can keep you from doing that. So let me just ask you a question as we wrap this up today. Who am I looking out for? Truly ask yourself that question. Who is it that I'm looking out for? Who, who is it that I have a heart for that I'm trying to stay connected with? And look, I understand that there are seasons where it is difficult to see beyond self. Sometimes life just punches us in the gut, and it's hard to pick our head up and look anywhere else. But as a practice and as something that we do with intention, who is it that you have on your radar to say, here are some people I can love. You know, it'd be, it'd be easy to stand up here and say, God told us to love everyone and we need to love everyone. And, and that might sound true or look good on a bumper sticker, but the truth is this. Who can you love on this week? Who is it that you can be an encouragement for this week? Who can you reach out to and connect with this week? Who is it that God has laid on your heart to look out for? I pray that you'll do that. I want to ask you just to pray with me here for just a minute. We're going